Thank you for joining us for the Grace Abounds podcast. Today we will be joining John Lanier as we survey the scriptures, pulling out themes as the Lord leads. We pray that you are blessed and encouraged as you grow in your knowledge of the Lord Jesus. Welcome back to another episode of the Grace Abounds podcast. We are in season one looking at the book of Acts, going through chapter by chapter, verse by verse, picking out some things that the Lord would want to speak to us and teach us about His ways and His will. And we uh, left off, if you want to grab your Bible and get over to uh, Acts chapter 16, uh, just a quick reminder before we move on in this, um, this particular episode, um, we're going to be looking at another um, special I'm going to call it just a little mini-series on uh, the life of Jesus. We're just going to take a brief little look at, you know, uh, just the Lord and uh, hopefully we can glean some things about Him and look at how heaven came into this earth and what Jesus did to bring salvation to us so that we can be saved for eternity. So I'm really excited about that. I think that that's going to be an eye-opening experience for for us and uh, hope that you can join us for that series that we're going to do. But uh, we pick up in Acts 16 and we're looking at how God was working through Paul and his ministry team. He has Silas with him. And they're going to these different places. And we looked last time about how the Holy Spirit leads us in our life and and just how the Spirit of God moves in directing us in the the places that He wants us to go. Um, So we we pick up and there's a certain point in Paul's life where they're they're uh, they're doing the ministry. They're working uh, for the Lord, and what we're going to look at today is how Paul and Silas went through a very difficult time as they were doing the will of God, and they had to suffer a little bit on this uh, particular uh, ministry journey. And so I want to say something about this because, um, you know, when we approach the subject of suffering, it's a very difficult subject for some people. Um, I would say a vast majority of people that have walked this earth have thought about this subject when it comes to God. Uh, I would say that whenever I'm sharing the Lord with people, probably the most brought up subject is the subject of God and suffering and how a lot of people have questions about, okay, so you say that you believe in this cosmic creator, uh, all-knowing, all-powerful God who is everywhere at all times um, has always existed 
so he's eternal and he knows everything yet there's so much suffering in the world and there's so many bad things that happen to people and and that keeps a lot of people from actually walking with God having a relationship with him um and it may be even a struggle for certain people who have a relationship with God and they maybe uh, have a faith that's floundering because they they feel like God has let them down in some way because of their suffering, what they've been through. And so that um, this subject is, is a very difficult one for people. And, uh, you know, oftentimes I've even thought myself, you know, what, you know, God, why do children have to suffer with cancer or why does uh, why is there so many disabilities and people having to suffer with ALS and, and even children who have to be in a wheelchair and they can't run with the other kids and enjoy life you know why is there people that um, have these accidents and get injured or just looking at the world and the chaos of famine and people having disease and all these things that go on in the world and the suffering that occurs you know god where were you at where are you at in all of this and uh you know these are just um tough questions to have to wrestle with and so we come to this passage we're going to see Paul and Silas you know serving God doing God's will um, pursuing the Lord and things went bad for them and yet we're going to see how they dealt with the trial how they went through that midnight season in their life the darkness how they dealt with being beaten for their faith and we're going to see how God worked in the midst of all of that and that's something that we have to really wrestle with as believers especially and even non-believers we have to take the time and say alright so God we know we're going to go through trials in this life and suffering this world is sinful it's fallen it's not in the state that it's meant to be in. It's not the way God intended this world to be in. And yet, um, somehow, some way, I know that you're going to get the glory. And you're going to work these things out for good. Even though it's very difficult and challenging. And, and we're going to see that in this passage. Um, how to suffer well. And how to worship and seek God through the suffering so let's see what happens here it's an interesting thing we're going to look at verse 16 starting there now it happened as we went to prayer Paul and Silas were going to prayer that a certain slave girl possessed with a spirit of divination met us who brought her masters much profit by fortune telling this girl followed Paul and us cried out saying these men are servants of the most high God who proclaim to us the way of salvation. And this she did for many days. But Paul, greatly annoyed, turned and said to the Spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out that very hour. So she was set free. 
But when her master saw that their hope of profit was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to the authorities. And they brought to them the magistrates and said, These men, being Jews, exceedingly trouble our city. And they teach customs which are not lawful for us, being Romans, to receive or observe. Then the multitude rose up together against them. And the magistrates tore off their clothes and commanded them to be beaten with rods. And when they had laid many stripes on them, they threw them into the prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. Having received such a charge, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. So Pilate and Silas is going about their business. They're going to prayer. They pray for this girl. She's released from bondage of... Um, the spirit of divination and as she's set free Paul and Silas are excited and all of a sudden bam these these people start to persecute them and not only did they persecute them that it says they laid many stripes on them they beat them they bloodied their body they opened up these wounds on them and they throw them in the prison and so think about this scene where they're in this inner prison deep within um, this jail their feet are fastened in the stocks it's probably nasty, grungy just a horrible situation and I don't know what was going through Paul and Silas's head at this moment but their actions what they end up doing in the next moment is something that encourages me and I, I pray that would be transforming for your life. So how do we deal with when we're serving God and things go bad and things don't go the way that we would expect them to go or, or um, even think that they should go? It says, But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prisons were shaken. Immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were loosed. Now I want to stop there for a moment because um, in Paul and Silas's dark hour of suffering, it says they were seeking God, they were praying. They were singing to the Lord, and the prisoners were listening. I can honestly say I don't know that I would be doing that in that moment. That in that moment, I don't know that I would be seeking God and singing to God as my feet are fastened, I'm in a prison. My body's opened up and bloody. I'm in pain. I'm struggling. But that's what they did. And I think there's something so fascinating about this and so life transforming that how God can work in someone's life through suffering. Because Evidently from this passage we see that Paul and Silas were able to look beyond the pain to the promise that God was with them. 
when God says that he's with us, he's not just with us in the good times, in the highs, but he's also with us in the lows, in the valleys, when it's hard, when it's difficult, when there's suffering, when there's sinful people that treat us wrong and we feel like we're in an unfair circumstance. God is there. God is with us. And Paul and Silas were, be, were able to look from the temporary to the eternal. And Paul would write about this over and over again in his letters. He would talk about that these present momentary light afflictions are not worthy to be compared to the glory that would re be revealed in us. That anything that we go through in this life is temporary that even if our bodies opened up with wounds and we're hurting and we're suffering that there is something beyond this life and that's what Paul and Silas were doing they were looking beyond their circumstance to a God who is able to work in their life and to give them peace in the middle of their storm and this is exactly what Jesus went through for us when he died upon the cross for our sin in our place. He was giving us the picture of what it looks like to look for the joy that set before him. He endured the cross, despised the shame, and then he was seated at the right hand of the Father after he went through his suffering. He was able to look beyond the temporary pain to what he would do for us saving us eternally and bringing us into the fellowship of the Father, Son, and the Spirit into the fellowship of the triune God for eternity and I think that's so important the, the basic principle is this that when we're going through trial we need to look at the eternal not the temporary the temporary is exactly what it is. It's temporary. It's not forever. Forever is forever. And I know that seems silly to even say, well, the temporary is temporary and the eternal is eternal. But we have to realize the, the perspective of a Christian is that we're not focused just the here and now, but the there and then. And the there and then shapes how we live the here and now that's why we give our money and our finances and our time and our talent our treasure our energies to building the kingdom of God not our own kingdom on this world because we know that what's here the temporary is not going to go with us but we can send everything ahead of us to the eternal building the kingdom of God because we know that that will last forever so how do we get through suffering how do we get through trials how do we get beyond this mindset of I just don't understand why I'm going through this it's looking at the eternal looking at the God who's outside of time seeking him praying to him worshiping through the suffering because we know that what we're going through is temporary it's not forever. And we're seeing a moment as we read that there was this earthquake that broke the prison open. The it was shaken and everybody's chains were loosed. But it would lead to the salvation 
of another person in his family, one of the guards, which is so cool about the other thing is not only does suffering teach us about looking from the temporary to the eternal, looking to the God who's outside of all of it, but it also opens up avenues and doors for us to reach others as they're looking in on our suffering and seeing, man, they're worshiping God. They're praying. They're seeking God through the whole thing. Shouldn't they be cursing God? Shouldn't they be blaspheming God? Because look at what he's allowed in their life. But when they see us worshiping through the suffering, there's something wonderful about that because it brings glory and it shines light on the God who is amazing in spite of all that I'm going through and all that I'm experiencing. And that it, it, it shows others that God is more important even than what I'm experiencing right now and the pain in the process of how God is bringing me through all of it. It gives God the praise that he deserves. I love that about what Paul and Silas are doing here. Now, and the a keeper of the prison, awakening from sleep and seeing the prison doors open, supposing the prisoners had fled, drew his sword and was about to kill himself. But Paul called with a loud voice saying, Do not harm, do yourself no harm, for we are all here. And he called for a light, ran in, fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. And he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? So they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in the house. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes. And immediately he and all his family were baptized. Now when he had brought them to, into his house, he set food before them, and he rejoiced, having believed in God with all of his household. And when it was day, the magistrate sent the officer, saying, Let those men go. And so the keeper of the prison reported these words to Paul, saying, The magistrates have sent to let you go. Now therefore depart and go in peace. But Paul said to them, They have beaten us openly, uncondemned Romans, and have thrown us into prison. <laughs> And and now do they put us out secretly? No, indeed, let them come themselves and get us out. And the officers told these words to the magistrates, and they were afraid when they heard that they were Romans. Then they came and pleaded with them and brought them out and asked them to depart from the city. So they went out of the prison and entered the house of Lydia. And when they had seen the brethren, they encouraged them. And departed. I love that the ministry just keeps going on even through the wounds, through the pain. That's something that I uh, I've learned a lot from reading about Paul and his team over the years. I've learned from Paul that there was no amount of uh, injury to himself that would keep him from wanting to keep going and to keep reaching as many people as possible with the gospel and to pouring into the church, the body of Christ. Even when he was in prison, he was writing letters. He just couldn't stop thinking about the people of God and, and the work of the Lord and, and the things that God wanted to do in his life and through him to love on people. Uh, so, again, just to recap before we finish, when we suffer, our suffering is not in vain. God has purpose in it. 
And that purpose is to look from the temporary to the eternal. It's God's way of saying, hey, wake up. There's more to life than just the here and now. And it teaches us to seek Him in the midst of the pain. But it also leaves opportunity for others to see. It was I love that it says here that this man that gets saved and his family took Paul and Silas and washed their stripes. They, they were washing their wounds as they were listening to the gospel be preached. And I just think that's so amazing how God uses our suffering to reach other people. That He uses our suffering to teach us compassion, to be Christ-like, to suffer like our Savior did, to go through things in life so that we can be humble and broken and and be able to look somebody else in the eye and say, man, I know what you're going through. And even if I don't understand exactly where you're at or what you're going through, man, I've been through some stuff myself and God was with me. I was able to pray. I was able to seek him and worship, get on my knees in my midnight hour. And God was there with me. And here God was showing himself strong to Paul and Silas. That in their pain and their suffering, God said, I was, I'm there with you, and I'm going to shake you out of this jail and get you out. The ultimate healing is to be able to see the Lord work in our lives, even when it's hard, even when we suffer. And I would encourage you, if you're going through some trials, if you're going through suffering, don't let it be wasted. Right now, in your midnight hour, seek Him. Pray, worship, maybe break out, uh, you know, I don't know, just whatever worship songs you like to listen to. Sing some hymns, worship God, sing some hill song, whatever it is that stirs your affection for Jesus. Go after it, do it, and just see what God will do in your life as you worship Him, even when it's hard. God bless. We are so glad that you joined us today. Don't forget to subscribe so that you can join us for further studying of the word. Have a blessed day.